Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Devin Miller on the line. Devin, how are you? I'm doing wonderful as ever. That's awesome. It's a good place to be. So I've been on your show and now you get to return the favor and, and be on my show. So thanks again for allowing me to be on your show and then talk with your audience about burnout. And now today uh, you get the floor and, and to talk about your business and intellectual property and trademarks and all that good stuff. So uh, why don't you share a little bit about you and how you got involved in this business and then we'll dive right in. All right. I'm, I'm happy to. And hopefully I make as good a guest as you made on my podcast. So um, no, as far as, you know, how I got started. So really it was, I got, so back, this backs all the way up to when it was undergraduate, when I was um, doing electrical engineering. So I was doing electrical engineering as undergraduate at BYU or Brigham Young University out here in Utah. And I got to the end and I said, well, I like being I like engineering, but I don't want to be an engineer <laughs> in the sense that I'm saying, you know, I like working on electronics. I like working on technology and projects and everything else. But on the other hand, I don't really want to be stuck on a project for months or years or be a very small cog in a big wheel and never really see the whole picture. And so I was kind of at those crossroads as I was wrapping up undergraduate. And so I, you know, kind of had a few different potentials that I wanted to go after. And one was, hey, I always like startups, small businesses, always wanted to be a business owner, run a company. And so I'm saying, maybe I go do an MBA, a master's of business administration. And the other one is I also had an uncle that was a patent attorney and he did did a lot of patents and trademarks and that he worked for three. 3M and for General Mills and some other companies and, you know, kind of found it interesting that he kind of, you still do a lot of technology, you know, see a lot of technology, utilize your engineering background, but you don't have to, you know, you're not stuck on a project as an engineer for a long period of time. So I kind of split and said, well, I like both these. I'll just go off and do both. So I went off to graduate school and I did a law degree and an MBA degree at the same time, really with the idea of, you know, I still hadn't, I, I still had passion for both of them. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And as I got closer to graduation, I, again, almost did both. So I, day job or one of my two or two full-time jobs was to do, I worked for law firms. So I worked for the largest law firms across the nation, you know, AM law, top, top 100 law firms. And then uh, along with that, I also had a couple, a uh, startup that I had uh, started an MBA school that I was also doing. So I was basically kind of doing two jobs at the, you know, at once and was doing that. And then I got to the point of saying, Hey, I really, on the legal side and patents and trademarks, I got to the point of saying, Hey, I always, I'm working for these big law firms. They pay me well, but I, I get a, most of the clients I work for Amazons and Intels and, you know, ones Ford and others. And you're a very big cog and a very, or sorry, a very small cog and a very big wheel. And I'm saying, I really love working with startups and small businesses. Hey, I'm already doing my own startups and small businesses. I decided, Hey, I'm going to go start my own firm. I'm going to really focus on helping startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. And that's kind of led me in a roundabout way to where I'm at today. So short question, much longer answer, but that kind of gets me to how I got here. Well, it's great background too. To and the fact that you, you basically you know, had two career paths, you know, that had some similarities, but in many ways were quite different. But you just said, "I'm going to go both," and then eventually I'm going to get to that fork in the road, and then I'll see. Well, 
do I go this way or do I go this way? Or, you know, using that uh, utensil that KFC used to have, the spork. It's like, I'm actually going to do both. And, and, and you ended up doing it that way. And that, that's one of the beautiful things about launching your own business. You can have it do whatever you want. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And you, you took advantage of that. Yeah, I looked at it and said, you know, you know, traditional doesn't work for me. I want to do both. And I still I still participate. I'm still active in some of the startups that I've started and still actively run them. And I still run my own law firm. So even till today, my mantra is kind of I like startups and small businesses. And then I find ways within the businesses I run, whether it's patents and trademarks or doing my own as to how to participate. And that's kind of where I found works for me. And so why do one when I can do multiple things? It works out great and gives you the flexibility to not be bored with certain things. Like it gives you the opportunity to be creative in a lot of different ways. And it's awesome that you've done that. So all right, let's let's dive in a little bit more into you know the the IP world and patents and trademarks and things like that. And especially for startups, you know, they they come up with something, a product or a service that mm. is new and different. And there isn't a lot of competition out there, or there's a certain aspect of what they offer that's unique to them. You know, what, why should they consider looking into patents or trademarks or other types of ways to protect that creation? Yeah, maybe it's a good level set for everybody, you know, gives a heads up as to the difference. Because one of the questions I often get is, hey, I've got a great idea. Now I need to trademark. And I'm like, well, no, that's a patent or vice versa. Hey, I've got a great brand. Now I need to go, you know, do or patent it or something. So if you take it, so intellectual property is kind of an umbrella term. And that's what kind of, if you're to say, hey, I want to protect something in my business that's intellectual, that's, you know, a, umbrella term. And that includes patents, trademarks, copyrights. If you think of patents, patents are basically inventions. You made something that does something, right? You invented something that has a functionality. It performs a function. That's a patent. Trademarks are going to be brands. So if you have a brand name of a company, if you're an M&M or an Apple or a Pepsi or Coca-Cola, something that has a brand, you can either, you know, name of a product, name of a company, anything with a brand that goes under trademarks. Last one that generally falls into that category is copyrights. And copyrights are much more of creative nature. So if you're to think of, you took a photo, you made a sculpture, you did a painting, you wrote a book, you made a movie, those kind of creative things, that's what's going to be copyrights. Now, why would you on any of those is a business, you know, what are the motivations? Why would you, especially the startup, because you always have more things to spend money on than money to spend them. Why would you spend your money on intellectual property, whether it's patents or trademarks or anything else versus what else or what else is out there, what you may also consider. And that really goes down to is, you know, what the, a big problem that a lot of companies or especially startups and small businesses face is you put a lot of time and effort to create something, right? You create the next best widget or you create the next best brand. And now once you've created it, it's easy for people to knock it off. Hey, I can reverse engineer it. I can figure out how you do it and copy it. Or, Hey, now that you've got a great brand, I'll just do a brand that's just the same name or a very similar name, ride your coattails. And so it's hard, you know, the first person to do it takes a lot of time and effort to create that new widget, create that new brand, and yet it's easy to knock off. So really one of the things that you're doing with the intellectual property, whether it's patents or trademarks, is putting a barrier, you're putting a protection around what you've created, that blood, sweat, and tears, that work and effort to figure it out, you're making it or put barriers saying, hey, I own this brand or I own this, you know, invention. If you want to use it, you either have to, you can't use it if I don't want you to, 
you. And if you want to use it and I let you, you have to take a license or pay me, you know, pay me a royalty or something of that nature. So it kind of captures both. It protects you from others just simply coming and knocking you off. And then it creates that asset of your company, right? So you're saying now, how do I monetize that? How do I show when I go to an investor or I try and go to anybody and get money for it? How do I monetize all that money in blood, sweat and tears? Well, a lot of times it's with the trademark or with the patent because it allows you to now we have an asset of the firm. It's investable. It actually has value and it creates kind of that value for the company. So those are kind of a few of the ways as you're starting to think what is intellectual property and why you might need it. Some of the reasons that you might go after it. Well, thank you for that clarification because I know a lot of people would make those same kind of mistakes saying, okay, I've, I've got a brand name and I want to patent it. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's a brand name. Uh, you know, patent is, you know, Apple has all kinds of patents in this thing. Um, so, you know, the, but they, and maybe they've got some trademarks on some things in there, but you know, like iPhone, I'm pretty sure is probably, uh, protected. Um, I, I would, I would hope, but you know what? Crazier things have happened, you know? Give me the shortest side. So if you ever notice, and especially, and I, I haven't checked into it recently, but for the first while when the Apple Watch came out, you notice how they called it the Apple Watch instead of the iWatch. Everything else was iWatch, iMac, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And yet they changed their naming until it was the Apple Watch. And the reason they did that is because they didn't own the trademark on it. They got to it. Somebody else, I think it was in China, one of their bigger markets actually had already trademarked it, was actively using it and owned it, and they couldn't acquire it. They weren't able to buy it out or sell it. So they had to adjust to using Apple Watch instead of iWatch. And so you're watching a lot of their materials. They don't call it an iWatch because that would be infringing somebody else's trademark. Complete aside, but yes, Apple has tons of trademarks. Yeah, well, that's that's a great example. You know, they come up with a new product and from time to time they come up with new things. And hmm. and it's like, okay, you know, it's actually, quite frankly, before they even... And many people do this, you know, especially if you're launching a new business, for example, you do a name search. It's like, okay, can I name it this? Mm-hmm. You know, if, I, if I'm incorporated, can I actually have that as a name? Um, or uh, if not, I'll give you a, a quick story. Uh, this was an organization I worked for many years ago, a, a nonprofit organization that mm-hmm. wanted to rebrand. And they had... I don't know where they found this marketing company and I'm not going to mention their name because I want to get them in trouble, but, <laughs> but they, you know, they said, okay, we're going to come up with a new name and, you know, they had brainstorming ideas and all that stuff. And one of the names that this marketing company came up with and they didn't do the research, which I'm stunned that they didn't because my CEO was female and most of the directors in the organization that was part of this committee were female. Mm. And one of the names that they said, well, why don't we come up with the name coach? Like, I don't think we can use that one. Um, why? Because half the people in this organization own purses from that organization. So uh, unless it's coach and it's an acronym for something else, you're still running the risk. I mean, yeah, it's a little nonprofit, but that doesn't matter. You know, brands are very protective. You know, we see it all the time with, we'll pick on McDonald's for a second. Any, you know, country overseas, someone you know, opens up a restaurant that's not McDonald's, but they use maybe some of similar decor or the, maybe the letter, you know, it's not an M or it's a W, but you look like it. It's like, well, if you flip the M upside down, it's like, wait a minute, that looks like the same logo. McDonald's is on that, like flies on crap. You know, they, their radar, they've got teams of people that are just looking for things like that because they want to protect their property. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think people need to look at that if they've, especially if they got something that is unique, 
that could you know potentially become quite valuable and they want, of course they want to protect it well, you know and again uh, when i talk to a new business and i know you do this too you know one of the questions you ask is like, where do you want this business to go you know what are your plans with this business what what are your dreams for this company is it just going to be something small little niche type of thing that's going to do these kind of things Okay, great. But if you've got grander plans on it, then yeah, you, you're going to want to protect the creation. If you're going to go nationwide, if you have dreams of franchising or, you know, selling it off and to having it acquired or other things, unless you're, if you're going to be a mom and pop shop, you're going to serve the local community, absolutely nothing wrong with it. And you don't need to think, you know, you probably don't need a trademark. You're just going to serve that little area. You're probably okay. But if to your point, if you have aspirations, Hey, we're going to be the next Apple, we're going to create a big company. We're going to have, you know, set it up that somebody's going to buy us out and make it. Then you're going to certainly want to protect it. Now I'm going to, you touched on it and then we jumped over. I'm going to dispel a couple myths, if you don't mind, that people oftentimes, especially on the branding that they think, you know, with, the, with that, that, Hey, I'm probably okay. One is just because the URL is available. Doesn't mean it's not trademarked and doesn't mean that you can own it. Right. In the sense that you can go get a URL and if you get the URL and somebody else has a trademark, they can still stop you from using any of the brand. So don't think just because the URL is available, available, that then you're okay. The other one that sometimes people think of is, hey, I'll just go, you know, I got to, I'll form an LLC, I'll register the state. If the state allows the name to be registered the state, then I've got to be okay, right? No, they don't go and check for anything as far as trademarks. They don't go and look to see whether it's trademarkable. They just look and see whether or not it checks the box to be a registrable company with the state. And that's all they do. So those are a couple of things that oftentimes, you know, people erroneously think that they're now they're okay, or they've done some you know, they've got some approvals when they really don't. Thank you for that clarification because yeah, many people may think that it's like, okay, the name is available. That means no one else is using it. And it could be, you know, the websites or catchphrases or anything like that, or company names. Uh, It's what you got to dig a little bit deeper. And I think that's why, you know, working with, you know, individuals like yourself and your team to work on these kind of things to, you know, again, protect your creation. You, mm. Everybody that's ever launched a business, unless it's a just real anomaly, you know, they put a ton of time and effort and money, blood, sweat, tears, beers, everything else into it. And, you know, obviously you don't want to run into the situation where, okay, I've done this. I've actually created a reputation and all of a sudden now I can't use this because I didn't look and see, wow, somebody actually has this name trademarked. Now I have to completely undo that and say, okay, well, we were calling ourselves McDonald's, but now we have to call ourselves Ray Crocs or something like that because you know, the McDonald's name was taken up by somebody else. And it, exactly, and it's much worse. And you know, now you, let's see you fast forward. You're a company, you're a startup. You've got going for a couple of years. You put a whole bunch of blood, sweat, and tears. You never checked if it was trademarkable term. You just figured, oh, it's a cool name. We're going to start using it. You get two or three years into it, and then either you, you come to find out, or even worse, you get that cease and desist letter, and they're saying, no, we own this. We already, you know, you're infringing on our trademarks, and now you're saying, okay, now we have to rebrand, we have to change the name, or we have to take a license. And it's much, it, it's much much more painful and, and much more difficult to get that two or three years down the road than it is to just do that homework up front and, and get that secured because it, it gives you a much easier path forward. It's it's a ton more time and effort and money to try and rebrand rebrand when after you built a, a good company around a brand. Yeah, that example I gave you before for the organization that did not get named Coach, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was an expensive endeavor to go through the rebranding, all you know, all the logos, the 
mm-hmm. business cards, you know, in educating, changing all of the contracts and obligations they had with a variety of different vendors saying, well, we're not this anymore, we're, we're this. And I'm not going to share the name of the organization, but I think it was one of those weird situations where one of the biggest complaints was our original name was really long. And they ended up going with a name that was longer. That was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they went with an acronym. Thankfully, they they found an acronym that worked. Um, But still, it was like, wait a minute. This one had this many words and letters, and this one has this many words and letters. Like, um, yeah, Um, let's not use that branding company again. That didn't work. We we wanted to make it shorter, not longer. So they just started referring to themselves by their acronym, which worked, but it was still kind of an entertaining thing. So the first time in history, the name went longer. Uh, but it was, but you know, lessons learned. I tell you, that was good times for sure. So I, I, I don't obviously I don't want to put on the spot, but for organizations, I mean, there's probably ranges of fees and filings and costs and things like that. So for an organization that wanted to you know, potentially trademark their name, for example, mm-hmm. you know what you know what's that process look like? You know what are ballpark ranges? If you can share, if you can't, no, that's fine. You know, because I don't want to give away intellectual property of yours or anything like that. But you know, what are some common investments that they that people should be prepared to look at in order to you know? do this valuable step. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I'm happy to share our fees. All of our fees are all on the website. You can go and see all of our flat fees. One of the things, and I'll get to your question on the side was, things that people are hated about most law firms is you never know what it's going to cost you, right? They go in and they give you a ballpark and say, well, it will cost you five to $7,000. And then you get a bill and it's, oh, it took as long as I thought. It's going to be eight or $9,000. And then you send an email and they charge you a half an hour for a five minute email. And you just, you know, it always felt like you never know what, what things are going to cost you. And that's always a frustration on this, that side. So mm-hmm. we do all flat fees. We say, hey, this is a, what it's going to cost you. If you need a patent application, trademark application, includes our time, includes in governmental fees, what the price you see is what it's going to cost you. So with that, um, you know, if you're looking at a trademark application, let's say you take a full patent application, or, and I said trademark, a full patent application, non-provisional, our fees are going to be $5,500 to prepare and file the tra- or the patent application. If you had to go, you know, we're probably on the more competitive edge. If I were to see the one firms that I wouldn't recommend that are choo- usually trying to cut every corner, you can get that down to $4,000, I wouldn't recommend most of those firms. I know who most of them are. If you were to go to the East Coast, if you were to go to and I, some of the firms I worked with are on the the West Coast, you know, East Coast, West Coast, you're probably for patent application anywhere from eight to ten thousand um, dollars. Now, if you're to go and you know, now if you're to look and say, what am I looking at? Yeah, that's to prepare and file the patent application. If you're to look through the whole process, that you know, start to finish, because it is a process, and then there's some back and forth with the patent office as to how to what is patentable and arguing back and forth. You're probably over the span of two years, eighteen to twenty-four months. You're probably looking at. $10,000 if you know $10,000 if you go with us if you go with the you know a east coast west coast bigger law firm you're probably looking at 15 to 18,000 over the course of a couple of years for each uh, patent application trademarks you're going to look at and say so our flat fee for a trademark application is 750 um and if you're to go to another firm that ranges from anywhere from Again, on the ones I necessarily wouldn't recommend, but on the cheaper end, $500 if you if it went on the cheaper end. And they can be upwards of 1500 to 2000 if you go to the coast of the bigger law firms. And that one, if you're to go through the whole process, whole process takes about six to nine months generally. And these are averages, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
you're probably looking on a trademark application. I would I would say you're fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars probably through the whole process. If you're to go with us, if you go with another law firm, the bigger coastal ones, three to four thousand. Yeah, well, that's you know that that's great numbers, and thank you for sharing that because it gives people an idea for it. And as with anything, you know, and I, and I tell startup people this because it's actually a really good way to test them. And, and I, if anybody that has talked to me, yeah, it was a test. It was, <laughs> do you look at things as a cost mm. or do you look at things as an investment? Mm. And I find the startups that tend to have a better opportunity to survive and withstand all the bumps and bruises that startups have is, do they look at things as an investment? If they do, that's like, okay, they understand things a little bit bigger that they understand that, yes, in order to make money, you have to spend money. Mm. If, if they look at it as, oh, it's a cost, it's a cost, it's a cost. It's like, okay, you're nickel and diming yeah, vendors. You're, you're also going to be nickel and, and you're putting that energy out there where your customers are going to want to nickel and dime you on things too. And you, that's where you're going to be playing. You're, 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 you're stepping over dollars to get to a nickel. And exactly. it's like, and you don't want to do that. So uh, again, thank you for sharing, you know, the rates on that. So people that haven't done it or are thinking about doing it uh, makes a lot of sense. And I know one of the things that we had talked about uh, in the pre-show is, you know, an offer that you, you gave to us and, and thank you very much in advance for the, this offer is, you know, for a free consultation and to advise people, you know, because they may not know. It's like, well, do I have something that is patentable or is this something that's just a trademark and you know the novice wouldn't necessarily know that because like you said at the beginning a lot of people don't know the difference between the two um so i um feel free to share you know a little bit more on that yeah absolutely so yeah and that's one of the things that i found you know if you're a big company they're they're fairly well astute they have a you know strategy in place they're they're looking at their intellectual property but if you're a startup or a small business kind of the same thing i found that a lot of a lot of them are hesitant to go into a law firm because they're going to, they feel like, Hey, I'm going to go into a law firm. They're going to charge me several hundred dollars for a consultation only to find out. I don't, you know, I can't get a patent or I can't get a trademark or it's going to be too expensive. And at the end of the day, all I've done is waste a whole bunch of money. So they kind of have that tension to where I don't really want to go to talk with an attorney, even though they really need to. So we said, how can we remove that barrier? And we said, Hey, this easiest thing is we do a free strategy meeting. You can come in, you can, we'll, you know, either come into our office or most of the time it's by zoom or via a phone call, whichever works every, but now in the era we live with COVID, it's usually a zoom meeting, but you know, you do, you come in and you say, Hey, let's sit down. Let's see what you're doing. And I'll give you an honest answer. I'll say, Hey, you know, cause I've done a lot of startups and small businesses myself and said, Hey, if I was you, I would wait six months to get a trademark or patent. You're not there yet. And it doesn't make sense to invest. Or I'll say, Hey, you're already behind the eight ball. You really should consider these things. Or you can say, yeah, you're, you, this is things to consider. And here's a strategy that you might think about. How do you lay this out? What might be that time frame that you start to think of these things? But we do that all for free. We do, you know, sit down with you and do a, a free uh, 30 minute strategy meeting where you don't have to pay anything. Easiest way uh, for your listeners, if they want to do that, that, they just go to freestrategymeeting.com. That links right to my calendar. They can grab a day and time that works for them. It'll, and then uh, we'll we'll get together. We'll strategize, go over what they're doing, answer any questions, make sure they're taken care of and strategize as to what they might want to think about in the future. That's awesome. And I'll definitely make sure I have that in the show notes. So um, again, uh, appreciate you, Devin. Is there any other links or anything you want to provide to the audience on, on where they can find you in other ways? 
Absolutely. I always give more, I give several ways to connect up with me. So I'll share a couple more. If they want to learn just more generally about the law firm, they want to come check out the prices that I mentioned, kind of just get a, a feel for it, what we do. You can go to law with Miller. Um, that's all this one word law with Miller.com. And that will just, uh, just take them to the, the, our website for the law firm that has a ton of information. Um, we do everything from DIY tools to help people out. We can help, you know, they can find out what our fees are, who the attorneys are, everything else. If they want to just connect up with me in general, you know, whether it's they want to be my next best friend, they want to shoot my brief, find out more about the businesses or anything or all the above, they just go to meetdevin.com and that will just link to, again, my calendar, but that will just be one where they, they're welcome to reach out, ask me any questions. I'm always here to help. That's awesome. And I'll have all that information in the show notes. So Devin, great to talk with you again, as always. Appreciate you and this awesome work that you're doing. Hey, it was fun to be on and fun to share. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.